everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Dakota Lasky. Dak, we're a couple days short here, but that's okay. Uh, I think it's a pretty happy day in Nintendo Land and Metroid Land here. How you doing? Yeah, I agree, man. I'm doing not too bad, not too shabby. It was my 28th birthday this past weekend, which was pretty cool, as I slowly but surely creep on my 30s. That you know, existential crisis is is completely looming over my life. Actually, actually, I would say I, I've I've accepted it. But yeah, had my twenty eighth you know birthday. Let, me, let this... me tell you a story quick. Let me tell yeah. you a story quick. When I so I'm I'm thirty three. Okay. Um, and when I turned thirty, I was like I was like whatever. I I, re- I just didn't really care at all. Cause I I feel like I was like mostly pretty okay with where I was in life. But then I turned thirty, and I had like a kidney stone, and then uh, oh. I I had like gout in my foot and i was like am i actually like 70 like what's going on here uh so i'm sure that won't happen to you but man when i turned 30 it was just like oh my god like i think that i actually turned 80 instead of you know how old i'm supposed to be oh man that is not what i want to hear bro (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm sure you'll be fine yeah just it's wild the fact that i'm within two years of my 30s is is really crazy to me but yeah anyway had that um Saw a bunch of friends, which was cool. Got to do a little bit of Memorial Day grilling, at least on Monday, because like the weekend was pretty rainy and crappy around here. Um, got a couple. Th- I got a, a cotton candy machine for my birthday, which is really cool. It's like me and my roommate's birthday, so we both got it. But got a couple other things with that thing. I love. I love that cotton candy machine. It's really cool. And also bought myself Mario Party two and three for the N sixty four. I got Tropical Freeze for the Switch, which I've been playing, and that I'm enjoying that a lot. And yeah, man, like you said, it's a good time to to be a gamer (laughs) because E3 is on its way and we've got a lot of, you know, hype stuff, certainly like under wraps. You know, Nintendo just tweeted out today that they are doing a Nintendo Direct for E3 around like 40 minutes or so, followed by a three hour uh, Treehouse live session. So, I mean, we're going to be seeing some you know game maybe some trailers maybe some metroid stuff maybe some metroid gameplay like i have no idea i'm really excited i can't wait it's gonna be on the 15th which is less than two it's it's 13 days away less than two weeks away which is crazy that we might actually be seeing some new metroid in less than two weeks it's gonna be the slowest two weeks of my life for sure but i can't wait yeah yep yep um everything happens for a reason as they say and like i i feel like so we, we, as we tweeted out to everybody, we got our schedules a little bit crisscross this week, so we're having a later episode, but I feel like it really worked out for like a reason, because now we know what is going on for E3, and we can, and we can finally like get excited. Traditionally, Nintendo's done the Tuesday of E3, and this year is no different. Um, it actually kind of sucks for me, because that's my wife's birthday, and like, I'm going to have, I'm going to try and do all my E3 stuff beforehand, and then go for dinner after. It's going to be a very busy day, but I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, man, it's wow, it's 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 on the precipice. We are so almost there. It's so close, I can taste yep. it. I am optimistic about what we're gonna get at E3, but let's save that for next week because we're gonna we're gonna delve into some um, some E3 predictions here, and then uh, let's let's bring it back this week and uh, do a topic that we've been meaning to do for a while here. We're we're doing another mapping Metroid today on the show and it feels like a while since we've done the last mapping metroid and we are finally 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 going to uh the game i've been waiting to to cover that is super metroid i feel like 
every area in Super Metroid is awesome. But today we're focusing on the uh, the mysterious and the frankly more small and manageable area of the wreck ship. And uh, I I've always really liked this area deck. Um, just you know we're gonna we're gonna get into the the nitty gritty and the specifics and stuff like that here. But um, just overall, like what would you say that you're like just general thoughts on it are? It's just in like a passing kind of context. I guess, like, if I were to summarize it all, it would be really like it, wish it wasn't so small and short. That's pretty much how I'd put it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I think that that is probably the consensus among a lot of people. Um, and, and I was actually thinking about this, too, um, because, you know, I would like to have, like, a more elaborate wreck ship and stuff like that, but I wonder if the fact that it is so small doesn't, make it stick out a little bit more or stand out a little bit more because it does a lot of like really unique stuff as we as we are going to talk about and, and not all of it is good by the way um but yeah just i wonder if because it's so short and sweet that makes you just appreciate it a little bit more the other you know the thing about the wreck ship too um in terms of super metroid is you can really get in there and pretty much be almost one and done and get everything and never have to go back which for a super metroid in particular is very uh, it's not really the case for a lot of these areas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's something that really sticks out. It's something that you can... I mean, I'll, we'll talk about this soon, but, like, everything you can do in the area, you can do, like, almost immediately when you get there, which is very unlike every other area in the game. And even though I think it's it's not really meant to be a full-fledged area, like, I think Meridia kind of fulfills that... I don't know, trope that they're going for that, like, I guess, I don't know, like, and it also kind of feels like it's more of an extension of Criteria than anything else, that it's like its own area, um, which we'll, we'll get into as well later, at least that's kind of how I feel, but yeah, I, I'm not sure what their intent was with the, with the area, but I've always felt this is something that I wish there was just more of, or at least there was a little more room between accessing, I guess, the, the stronger parts of, of, of the wrecked ship, right? Like, I guess, like, it feels like it's so quick to getting to Fantoon and all that that it, you're just, like you said, in and out, and you don't really get to, I guess, savor it as well. I guess maybe you would on your first playthrough when you don't know where you're going, and, like, you run into it, and you're like, oh, what's this? But, like, on your later playthroughs, and then having played it so many times over the years, it's not, it doesn't have that same, I guess, mystique as maybe the other areas still have because they're still so big. But I still really like it, though, and I was, you know, happy to reminisce on it and look back on it and, and play around there a little more in, in, in preparation of this episode. Yeah, so um, I think that's that's really well put, actually. Like, once you know where to go, it's it's even shorter. I, mm -hmm. You know, I can remember the first time I played it, and um, I don't remember if I had acquired the X-ray scope or not at that point, but I, I think that if you don't have the X-ray scope, it can be a little bit more tricky. Um, you know, especially if you don't speak the Metroid language yet necessarily of like, I'm going to bomb every, you know, I'm going to bomb every ledge and, and whatnot and try and see where the deeper I can go. Um, but let's talk about the actual layout of the wreck ship here mm -hmm. or just the, the overall, uh, the, the aesthetic and the vibe, I guess, of the ship, uh, very creepy, very different, from the rest of Super Metroid. It's got the same kind of like ominous atmosphere, but in a way that, and this is of course by design, but in a way that just feels very like alien and like you, you know that this thing shouldn't be there. It always really stood out to me because one of the big parts about Super Metroid that appeals to me 
is like how alive the world is and like what a character that that world is and it all it all feels so interconnected except for this wrecked ship and it and it just it feels so different in a game that uh you know all i mean every area feels different but this one just it feels just like completely different and i think that you know it it really helps kind of overcome the like if this was just another area of the planet but it was really small then i don't know if we would remember it as fondly as we do but like um, the fact that it's just such a different aesthetic, it's a different vibe. You, you're again, you're kind of like dipping into the um, the supernatural almost in this area because you come in here and there's little ghosts that are flying everywhere. Uh, it, it's a very cool, it's a very cool aesthetic, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, w- I mean, one of the things that this area does really well is that you have the section or like the portion of the time you're in that area in the wreck ship where it's offline, it's not activated yet. And then obviously you fight Fan 2 and you take him out and then the ship comes to life. The energy's not being sucked away from it anymore. So all the work robots start moving and you're hearing like all these different sound effects as you're moving around and the conveyor belts are moving and all that. I really love that about this area because it's it's perfect, like the setup and payoff. You get like the, the building, the anticipation of going through some of the rooms and the traps aren't moving yet and the work robots aren't moving yet. But you know, or maybe you don't, maybe on your first try, but you might even have like the thought of okay like these are likely going to come to life later or they could come to life what if they come to life and then you beat fantoon and, and they do and it completely changes up the dynamic of the area and it completely changes like the vibe in terms of how it looks how it plays that's what i really love about this area and the that's another thing going back to what i was saying earlier is that i really wish wreck ship was bigger because then you would spend more time in the part where it's not activated right like you'd spend more time having to reach Fantoon, you see, like you can get to Fantoon pretty quickly. If there was some more time, like in some more space and having to get to him, so you spend more time in the ship being unactivated and, you know, having no energy, I would love to spend more time there in that kind of vibe where things aren't turned on yet, and then you beat him, or you then you beat Fantoon, and then you play around in all the different parts of the ship that are now moving around and, and electrified and whatnot. But that's my favorite part of this. Is, you know, aside from what you said, yeah, I definitely love the aesthetic. I love like the bugs crawling around, the ghosts floating about. It looks really weird. It looks completely different from everything else. Maybe a little, I would say maybe somewhat reminiscent of like the Ridley area, but even then it still feels like so alien, even to a very alien planet. So uh, yeah, and I absolutely love the look of this ship. And it definitely feels like, at least to me, that like the crashed frigate in in Metroid Prime was inspired by the wreck ship in in many ways, so I always kind of yeah. got that vibe. And I so like as a big Metroid Prime fan, like going to the wreck ship and kind of playing like the inspiration for one of my favorite areas in that game is really cool. You know what this area always reminds me of, and this is like an old cut here, but do you remember the uh, the ghost levels in Super Mario World that have like the really awesome music and like there are some ghost levels like the ghost that houses? even with the yeah, and like even thinking about it, like the frigate um, from Metroid Prime, there's like an underwater ghost level, so that's that's kind of cool in Metro or in Super Mario World. But yeah, that that always kind of reminded me of it, and that little like do 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 always plays in my head when I think of the direction. Yeah, it's it's so good. I love when it's like it's dark, and I I would say though I would in a remake, but just a little bigger, be totally down for that. Yeah, yeah, I I think that um, I think that this area could definitely stand for. Like some kind of a some kind of an expansion before you get to Fantoon, I think would be pretty cool because I really mm-hmm. do love like the the ghostly 
presence and like everything is offline it's super super unnerving when you go to the same yep. station and it doesn't work or the map station not the map station but that doesn't work either nobody really cares about that but the save station it's like oh my <laughs> god um but then yeah you know you do lose that fairly quickly but luckily you have another great aesthetic i think the the whole like supernatural thing kind of obviously goes away when you beat Fantoon, but then you have this really cool ship that's come to life and all these yeah. you know, cool little enemies that we'll talk about here but yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't mind seeing more of a balance between those two kind of different sides of the wreck ship um you kind of mentioned it earlier and and one thing that i always really loved about the wreck ship is like to me it really does feel like it's it's been in the in kind of the lakes of criteria for a long time because like so much of it is submerged and like it's very interconnected with that with that space like you can you can go out and then in fact to get the gravity suit you have to go out and kind of explore the upper areas of criteria there and uh and, and go back down into like another compartment of the wrecked ship so i i've always really liked that it, it kind of reminds me this is a zelda cut here but like it kind of reminds me of like the Skullwoods dungeon from a link to the past where you'd be traversing the overworld to get to like a different unreachable part of the dungeon and i i don't know why i just i think that that's really cool and kind of makes it feel to me a little bit less segregated and even though this area is small um it still has that trademark super metroid interconnectivity to it yeah that's what i was kind of getting at earlier with like you have that lake area when you first enter it from the left from criteria which is still technically part of criteria but you can tell how like you're entering like the crash site and it's like the the landscapes kind of merged with the debris and the destruction of the ship before you get to actually the the part of the ship that's still intact and then obviously yeah you go back out later i always kind of, i mean it's it's technically part of criteria but it feels very much like it's part of the wreck ship area too um mm. in, in speed running this is where the ocean fly trick happens which is also why it's a the very iconic kind of area for me but i love that area like traversing over the water and getting into the actual wrecked ship area is really cool and then when you leave it i i love that it's interconnected because it, it kind of it it adds some more depth and for something like you said an area that's so small to give it a little like workaround by having it interconnected with criteria so it doesn't feel as small i think worked pretty well and then you know, it coming to life adds a dynamic to the area, which kind of makes it almost like a different area altogether because now, yeah. like, the floor is moving and enemies are moving, so you can't move around the space in the same way. It doesn't look the same. So it, it's almost like you're getting two areas for the price of one. So I guess that's kind of how it, it makes up for being so small. Um, I still think, like, these days you could really expand on it and still have that same feel and effect. And, you, I mean, it would really drive those elements of the area home. But I agree. Like, I love how... You can go in and out, and and it really worked into Criteria itself rather than just being like another corridor, going through a tube, and then, okay, you're in the wrecked ship. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I've never been able to do that uh, that ocean jump either, uh, which is it's, it's super, not easy. such a cool move. Yeah. I've, I've been able to get there without the grapple beam but by some doing some pretty precise jumping, but, man, props to those guys that can that can do that trick because it, it looks awesome. Love watching um, it, yeah. Let's talk about some of the actual rooms in the wreck ship of course like i said and we've been talking about this is a this is a smaller kind of uh, area so there's not a ton of rooms to choose from here but i do think that there still are some some kind of special and, and rooms in this place that that are memorable to me um, yeah maybe not all for the best way but the one in any time i think of the wreck ship ever 
Um, the first room that always comes to mind is the one at the very top of the ship. Uh, when you first go up there, if you make the mistake when you get into the wrecked ship and you go up to the top instead of to the bottom, you'll find that this room is really long and that there's nothing in it. But when everything comes back to life, you have all of these enemies. You have Atomics, you have Key Hunter, you just have like tons of enemies here and you have to beat every one of them before any of the doors open. Super aggravating uh, because I frequently like leave the room and come back and like feel like I've forgotten something. Mm -hmm. uh, and I still do that to this day, actually, whenever I play Super Metroid. So this is always the room that I think of when I think of the wrecked ship. What about you? Yeah, well, first on that sh on that <laughs> on that crappy room, uh, I actually I like it obviously more when there are at least some enemies in it. Though it does getting you know it does suck getting locked in there with them. I do like fighting around in that in that room. Fighting key hunters is fun. I feel like in pretty much any Metroid game, and I love fighting Atomics. They show up, they're like a, they, I feel like they're more of a Metroid Prime enemy, even though they, they came from Super Metroid first, but they make appearances in Metroid Prime 3, and I believe in Metroid, you know, the Metroid Prime ones aren't the same, technically, but they pretty much are. They're basically the same. They're basically the, they're same, basically yeah. the same, but they're not called the same, I don't know, I don't know why. But anyway, um, I, so like, I love seeing them show up, and I think they're really cool, and that room is kind of hard, because you're jumping over, you know, the, the things on the ground, and then you have the broken, uh... I don't know what you would call them, like modules tubes, or I machines, guess. like tubes, yeah. yeah, up there. So you can't, like, you have to be really precise. So yeah, it does kind of get tedious when you get locked in there a couple times. If you don't know what you're doing, you just kind of like forget. But I do, I, I think that room is cool. Um, if you get locked in there like once or twice, <laughs> uh, in moderation, yeah, I yeah. like that room. Um, the first, for, the first time is awesome, but then when, yes. you're, when I've forgotten something like the fifth time, and I'm like, ugh, I got to do this again. And then the the thing is too is that you can't just like you know, tank from one end of the other or one side of the room to the other, you got to go left and then all the way back right or, you know, vice versa. So, mm -hmm. I mean, this is obviously on me since I <laughs> forget my layout of my route, but uh, that, yeah. that one always sticks out to me. I would say the one that probably, I mean, it's not my favorite, the one that sticks out to me the most, and we'll come back to this one real quick, but the Chozo statue room with all the spikes, that's probably the one that I think of the most or the one I immediately think of when I think of the wrecked ship. But my favorite rooms in this small area are there two like conveyor belt rooms with the spike traps i think there's one uh with like some work robots and has some like bro one has like a broken electrical machines and tubes and work robots and it leads to a super missile upgrade i like yes. that room because you're like fighting against the conveyor belts and, and jumping around and then there's another one that's similar that has spike traps and work robots and it has exposed wires instead of the exposed machines and that leads to i think just a missile expansion and that's also a really fun room as well. I like those. Those are like you're fighting against conveyor belts. You have to like time your jumps well, jumping over traps and water a little bit here and there. The work robots are cool. I like the work robots when they're in a, an obstacle when you're trying to move around. When they're just in the way and like in a room and they just slow you down, that's super annoying. But when they're like a challenging obstacle and you have to like time your jumps because they're like right at the edge of like a long jump or something like that or something over water over spikes then it becomes more interesting and more dynamic and more fun so those are my two favorite rooms and the ones that i, I like to think of the most but um the conveyor belts and all you know they can be challenging a little bit here and there and it's kind of annoying when you you hit your head <laughs> on the ceiling on those exposed wires but overall i think they're a fun challenge yeah i like them too and and i i really like actually just like in 2d metro in general when you're like running on a conveyor belt and you're not really gaining any traction but then like your speed burst kicks in and you can just like 
blitz through something. I, I think of AM2R that, that did this actually pretty in a pretty unique way. Yeah, um, or when you land on a conveyor me. belt that's going the other direction, all of a sudden you're going super fast from oh, your regular yeah. speed, and you're like, oh, and you have to like that. That's the kind of stuff I love. Like this, the wreck wreck ship has. I mean, if you think about it and you look at it from like a macro view, it's really just like one, you know, big vertical like hull, and then like maybe six or seven corridors. Like it's really like it's 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 not much at all. But I think the individual rooms in the wreck ship are all pretty solid, or at least like have something going on uh, we could already we already named like a few of like the major ones and those are a good portion that's a good portion of the wreck ship right there what we've named yeah. um so i mean i think that's pretty cool i like the conveyor belts like the spike traps it's it's weird it almost doesn't make sense in a lot of ways but uh it's it's a it's really interesting stuff and i and and like i said i wish there was more of it yeah there's um there's another room it's not the spike trap but it's the um it's the room kind of towards the the end of the wreck ship on on the exit to Meridia, um, or the the part of Criteria that takes you to Meridia, anyways. And there's like this giant room full of water, and there is I believe it's a super missile that is at the top, and you have to jump up and use the spikes and and get it. Yeah. And I remember the first couple times that I got Super Metroid, I was trying to do this without the gravity suit because I, I was exploring <laughs> around after I did Fantoon or whatever, and like, you know, I if. If they tell me to go to point A, I'm going to go to point, like, K instead or whatever, right? So I was trying to get this thing, and I was just, I was having a heck of a time, as you can imagine. And uh, eventually, I think I just gave up, and I was like, this, I'm missing something. And I believe that there's, uh, I think there might be grapple shot or grapple hooks at the top, but for whatever reason, I didn't use those. But I just remember trying to jump in these as a kid with, like, no gravity suit and just Mm -hmm. getting incredibly flustered. So this is another one that sticks out to me just from like way back when when i was playing super metroid about uh a room that defeated me it was one of those like light bulb moments that uh when i came back with the gravity suit i was like wow this is so much easier wow <laughs> like this is what metroid is about yeah i mean that's i i'm glad that when i i think i played it la- the last time i played this i had uh the grav suit for that room but that's another great room like where you have a lot of cool traps and you got to really be smart about traversing it. And um, I'm certainly one of those players sometimes in Metroid games where I just brute force it. Like I don't have the upgrade, like screw it. I'm just going to try to make it work. But in Metroid games, like with water, it sometimes you can't beat it or it's just not even worth the trouble. So it's good that you can get to the grab suit pretty quickly and, and get to this, uh, get to, I believe there's, it's either an E tank or a reserve tank in that room that you get to. Uh, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, maybe it was that instead of a super missile. Oh, I, you might be right. It might be a super missile. I thought it was. I thought it was an energy tank. But anyway, yeah, that's another good room, and I think it, I think this is like a good area that makes like a good mix of water-based stuff, which is more Meridius thing. So it doesn't like do that too much, but it mixes that as well as like general like you know trap base and overall like platforming that Metroid also has outside of like water-based stuff. So it kind of mixes the two a little more, which is cool. Yeah, and, and let's talk about the room that I feel like probably most everybody most closely associates with the um, with the wreck ship, and that is, of course, the Chozo room, where yep. you navigate your way across the spikes and you <laughs> go into a morph ball, and like somehow, some way, the Chozo statue just grips you and he walks you down through the spikes into a separate room. Uh, <laughs> this this always looked a little bit funky to me, but I loved it anyways. Um, I don't know why it, it always, it always struck me as like very Indiana Jones. Like you were kind of 
going through this room full of booby traps to get to like the end and then you're rewarded with this like deep treasure uh i've always really loved that room and they would go on to use that in metroid prime so i mean you gotta love it and metroid prime 3 yeah it's it doesn't make any sense why it's there <laughs> i don't know why you'd booby trap your own ship but and I, mean, I guess it's a cool visual like maybe i would love to know like the the history behind this i wonder if it's actually out there like was this something like just like a developer like came up with this and like oh they got to put this in the game or like it looks cool or something i don't know but uh yeah it's it's definitely i would say the most iconic room like and it's even like one of the more iconic like images in the whole game right like the chozo statue carrying samus and the morph ball across the spikes that's one of the i would say one of the most iconic images in all of super metroid so it doesn't really make any sense but it is cool and it's a it's a nice like uh i don't know i guess it's a little bit of a palate cleanser a little bit of change of pace like for once the game's not like trying to like hit you with spikes or drown you with water or electrify you or attack you with multi-dimensional ghost creatures or you know whatever like, you like got a friend <laughs> Yeah, you got Chozo is your friend. Yeah, you got something going on on your way, going your way. So that's nice. Yeah. Well, especially after the last Chozo that came to life started attacking you. That's and true. Yeah. The next Chozo that comes to life starts attacking you. So, uh, yeah, nice change of pace. Uh, well, let's. Uh, th this is kind of a, a neat segue into the lore of the wreck ship because this feels like to me the gift that keeps on giving. I feel like. For like 25 years, people have been trying to nail down exactly where the wreck ship came from, what it's doing on Zebus, who brought it there, etc., etc. Um, you know, I, I think that really? the common, well, and I feel, I feel like the common, you know, answer is this is the space pirate ship from Zero Mission that we saw. Wait, what? That Nintendo more or less, you know, said that this is there, but I mean, there's been a ton of different. Um, there's been a ton of different theories over the years from, like, you know, people that were that were saying it was a Chozo ship, and that's how the Chozo landed on the planet, and that's why there's a statue on the ship, to to even, like, uh, the theory that we did a few, uh, a few months ago where uh, a friend of ours lost his mind about it, uh, that the Edicoons and Takora actually flew the ship to Zebus and brought the ex-Parasite with them. So it feels like tons of people just, like, really love to speculate about where the ship came from and what it's doing on Zebus. So, it's, I mean, it's my understanding that it's definitely not the Space Pirate Mothership from Zero Mission. That those are two different ships. Because in Zero Mission, you can get to the wrecked ship in that game. And that's separate from the Space Pirate Mothership. So, I definitely think they're not the same ship. And I think even Sakamoto says that in an interview, that they're not the same ship. Um... So I actually I didn't know that this was like an up in I mean, you what you just said to me was very news to me. I had no idea this was very up in the air. I thought it was pretty clear that it's a Chozo ship like the Cho, the Chozo crashed there. I guess like the speculating of like are these the Chozo that showed up on Zebus or like unrelated ship or did like a ship crash there and then the Chozo found it or something I guess but like I don't know it seems pretty clear to me that like some Chozo at some point were flying this ship and crash on Zebus because there's a bunch of bunch of Chozo crap in there. There's statues and upgrades and expansions all associated with Chozo. And unless they like showed up there and left all their crap and left, um, I think I'm pretty sure it's a Chozo ship. And I think in other M, at some either like uh, in the the concept art or like the somewhere like in the manual, like it says that the 
that Fantoon stowed away on the Chozo ship, and that's why it crashed, or, like, it kind of implies that that's why it crashed there, because it, like, was sucking the energy away, and it crashed there. Um, so I thought, I think that's a pretty cool reasoning behind it. Like, the Chozo are a nomadic, um, you know, race of beings, so they're flying all about, you know, the galaxy. A Chozo ship full of Chozo individuals happens upon Zebus or whatever, at the same time, Fantoon is stowed away because it's some weird inter interdimensional thing in space. And it starts sucking away the energy. The Chozo lose control, lose power, crash land on the ship, and leave behind all their stuff and are whatever, you know, likely dead because of the crash. And meanwhile, Fantoon is left behind to continue to sap energy from the ship and, and whatnot. So that that's, what, that's my, I mean, after the little more research I did, but it was always my understanding that it was a Chozo ship that crashed there, and not the Space Pirate Mothership. And then, doing a little more research before the episode, I learned that stuff, which I think is pretty cool. I, I like I like that backstory for it, if that's the case. I, tr I tried to look up as many um, different wrecked ship theories as actually as I could, and uh, those are... Those are definitely the two most common ones, that it's either the wreck ship, or the, the ship from Super Metroid, that, that, or from Zero Mission, rather, easy for me to say, that goes down at the end, or it is uh, a Chozo ship. Um, and this is probably just a limitation of the technology at the time, but, like, I just, I thought it would be, like, when you play Zero Mission, um, and you're in kind of the Chozo area, Chozodia, it looks like, like, everything looks very Chozo-like, you know what I mean? And, and the wreck ship looks a little bit more cold, so I always kind of liked the idea that it was maybe a pirate ship or something like that, or, or maybe something else that, like, we didn't know about yet. Um, you know, this is probably just, like, reading into something that's not really there. But I, I kind of... I actually kind of like the mystery of it. it. It reminds me of, like, Alien. Like, where did the original Alien come from? And what was that ship in the in the first movie there? Um, so I don't know that I ever need an answer, but, you know, it, it seems like at least from a question standpoint, a lore standpoint, the wrecked ship is one of the things that is most often talked about from Super Metroid, which is kind of funny, you know, considering, again, how small and how brief your time in there is. Yeah, I mean, I really love the, the ancient astronaut kind of theory and, and theme in sci-fi. And yeah, it definitely is a call to, to Alien, for sure. And that's a big part of that franchise. So... I mean, it makes sense. I definitely don't think that it's the Space Pirate Mothership. I think those are different, and I think it's better that it is. I think it's cooler that there's, like, a Chozo ship that crashed there, and we don't really know, like, what happened to them, really, or why it happened. Um, I think it's pretty I think it's pretty safe to say that Fantoon, indeed, is the reason why it crashed, because that seems to make the most sense. And, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I like that. I think that's a really cool idea. Like, the Chozo, like, some... Some group of Chozo were flying around in space, got taken down by this thing, and, and crashed on this planet. And maybe we'll never really know what happened. Though that, that might be a cool uh, side game to do. But um, needless to say, I think that's... I don't know, I think that's a cool backstory. The only thing with the ship, though, which is weird to me, is, like, the ghosts and whatnot. Because, like, Fantoon's not really a ghost, right? Like... He's not, it's like, Fantoon wasn't, like, a dead, like, it wasn't, like, a be like, a, a monster, as far as I know, that, like, died and came back to life or, like, is a ghost, right? Like, it's an, it's a, it's a living creature that is able to go through dimensions, right? Which is not something that is uncommon in the Metroid universe. I think there are other things in the Metroid universe that can also do that. And even Chozo ghosts, I guess, exist, but those are, seem to be more directly, like, 
Chozo that died and then are coming, their spirits are coming back to life. As far as I know, Fantoon isn't like a something that came back to life. So I don't understand why. I mean, it's a cool look. I don't understand why they're like floating skull ghosts in, in the wrecked ship. Because that makes it seem like those are ghosts and like souls and whatnot. But Fantoon's not really like a ghost. It's just kind of like a weird interdimensional creature. Um, I don't know. Is there is there anything behind that? Or is it just kind of like, a, well, he's kind of spooky, so it's, he has spooky stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess you could look at it in a way of like, those ghosts are the ghosts of whoever was on the ship before, and, and maybe somehow Fantoon is is oh, kind yeah. of manipulating them or controlling them. I I think that that theory. I didn't could be think about cool. that. That's actually a really good theory. Yeah. So like maybe like there's I don't know maybe like their their essence I don't know is still like like remaining in like the the energy in the ship or something. Um, and then once that's, Fantoon that's cool. is defeated, their spirits are free to leave yeah. to the afterlife. There we oh, go. Oh, that's definitely it. Yeah, that's definitely it. Like, those, and those could be, like... So that's the thing, because those skulls, those skulls don't really look like um, Chozo skulls, right? Like, they're kind of no. human-looking. So maybe they were, like... Maybe they weren't Chozo, um, you know, astronauts. Or maybe they were, and I don't know. Or maybe it was a mix. Who knows? Or just because of the graphical limitations, they couldn't come up with cool-looking bird skulls. That would make sense. And people would be like, what am I looking at? So they made something that was more legible. But um, that's I definitely think that you're you're definitely on point with that. I don't know if I if that's like a thing that's been... I'm sure that's something that's been come up before. But that makes sense. Like, yeah, what, whoever was alive on the ship and died in the crash, maybe those are their, their spirits, their souls remaining, or whatever. Their essence remaining, their energy still on the ship until Fantoon goes away and they get released. That's cool. I like that. Well, let's keep talking about our boy Fantoon here, because obviously this is the boss of the wrecked ship. Um, before we get into actual boss fight, I always like, I you know, I'm gonna give credit to Other M here, but I I thought that Other M bringing Fantoon back was really cool as like that ending yes. boss. It, it it felt like, yeah, I don't know. It was cool to see him back, but it also was cool that they kind of added this extra layer to his. I guess character, if you'll call it that, of like he's this big interdimensional. Like that was only a part of Fantoon that we saw in Super Metroid. I always thought that like, and kind of after you were just saying it, like I always thought it'd be really cool if like we we saw more of Fantoon. Like I I thought that yes. there was potential there for him maybe to be like a little bit more of a not like a not like a main character in the series, but like a character that maybe appeared more often than not. And like he he doesn't have to talk or anything like that, but like we could see like. I, I know I'm contradicting myself here because I just said we don't need to know the origins of the wrecked ship. But if we ever did, like, we could see this Fantoon monster in space take down this ship and, like, you could kind of yeah. flesh out his character there a little bit more. I, I think that would be really cool for Fantoon. I, I definitely agree. I'm glad you went that way because I, I think Fantoon's a really cool boss. I mean, I'll even say, uh, you know, God strike me down, but Other M, I think, <laughs> I think, I think the Other M Fantoon boss might actually be better than the Super Metroid boss. Not saying that the boss fight. I don't think the... Super Metroid boss fight is bad in that respect. I just really like the the other M Fantoon boss fight. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say really like like whoa, but I I thought it's pretty good. But uh, I think they're both pretty good. But yeah, I like that Fantoon shows up again. I wouldn't even mind seeing him in Metroid Prime Four somehow. Like that'd be really cool. Like it seems like he's able to. He's a pretty uh, versed or I guess uh, a pretty durable character and can come back. And it makes sense because like other than Ridley who is being like forcibly like brought back to life by the space pirates and so many times you can really do that i guess but like an interdimensional i don't know thing monster 
I have no idea how you kill that. <laughs> I don't know how you get rid of that thing. So that could continue to come up and continue to show up. I wouldn't mind that. I think Fantoon's a really yeah. cool, really cool boss character. Um, I would say that, you know, I mean, if you really think about it, there really hasn't been, like, an opportunity to, I guess, bring him back too often. Like, he came back another M. I guess he could have maybe shown up in Federation Force, but I doubt that would have happened. And then Samus Returns, you know, Ridley was kind of the big comeback character there that didn't show up in the original. So we really had the opportunity for Fantoon to come back again since Other M, which was really the last, you know, the only time he's had that comeback moment. I would love to see him come back in Metroid Prime 4. And, I mean, if they made sense in, in a Metroid Fusion sequel, I could see that happening too. And that'd be cool. I'd be about that. I'd be a great boss fight. Like, maybe even having Fantoon as the first boss fight in the Metroid Fusion sequel as, like, Samus is, is you know, getting flying away from the events of Metroid Fusion and she runs into Fantoon. She's like, oh, Christ. <laughs> I gotta deal with this. I don't know. That might be fun. But, um, yeah, I would like, I would definitely like to see him come back again. Yeah, I think that there's uh, I think there's still money on the table, Fantoon, in another yes. boss fight there. Um, let's talk about this boss fight, though. This is one of my... I really love the, the Super Metroid boss fight, actually. I, I think it's one of the best in the game. Um, a second, probably only to Ridley for me. Mm -hmm. I would suggest that unless you are, like, stupidly overpowered, this might be the hardest fight in the game at this point. Because you, you've went through this game, and you've battled Croc, you've battled Kraid, you've battled Terizo. You have not battled someone like Fantoon in this game yet. And the, the way that he he moves fast, he hits hard, um, and he phases like in and out of reality. So it's, like, it's hard to hit him, and he's very slippery. Um, he constantly has those blue flames, and you, you just, like, they hit hard, but it's just, you have a short... You have a short window to actually, like, hit this guy um, and make it count. Especially if, like, at this point of the game, you have limited super missiles, which you probably do. So, I, I think that I could go ahead and say that he might be the toughest boss in this game up until this point. I, I think maybe if you fight Dragon the way that it was intended to, he might be tougher. Um, I think that usually by the time that you get to Ridley, you have enough missiles and super missiles to, like, make that manageable. So... Yeah, I, I think that Fantoon might be might be the guy. Well, I would say that Fantoon can certainly at times be one of the most irritating bosses in the game. Like it's because of like his the short window you get to attack him. You're constantly jumping around like the ghost eyeballs and then like he's shooting out like the ghost eyeball like waves or ropes, I don't know, and and he's jumping about and whatnot like uh and it's such a small room. Definitely a challenging boss fight. It can be annoying at times. Um, I would say I definitely kind of like the other M version more. I would also say that this is a boss fight that I think I appreciate more watching as a fan of speedrunning more than actually playing it. Like, I really love watching, like, speedrunners get, like, the quick kill or, like, running or, like, the right, um, yeah. you know, like, the, the right, I don't know, like, uh, so this, cycle this or battle, whatnot. So there's like three yeah. different patterns that. Fans yeah, the pattern use. exactly. Yeah, like getting stuff like that, like their speedrun stuff. I love that. Uh, and and I I don't want to pretend that I know exactly how they do this, but so there's three different patterns that they can use, and if you get the right one, you can literally like smash Fantoon in about two seconds, and it mm -hmm. is so cool to see because this guy for me is like always a really challenging boss fight, to, and to see some of these players do that, it's like, wow, this is like. This is intense. Uh, I can't believe that they just did that. Um, but it, and it looks easy when they do it, too, because if you catch him, Fantoon will stop, and then you can quickly just, like, 
obliterate him with a few other super missiles and he's done. It's just getting him to stop. Uh, that is really the key. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like the same thing as the, the crate quick kill, but much harder. I've, I've done the crate quick kill. I've never been able to do this, but I mean, that's probably because crate literally does the same thing every time. Yeah. This one, you got to know exactly what pattern Fantoon is going to do. And you got to figure it out like right away because you only have like a couple seconds to, you know, stop him and, and whatnot. So it's very cool to see the, uh, to see players do this. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that's the thing. Like, I love watching it get done. I love even like when speedrunners maybe they don't get the right pattern, they still gotta fight it out. And like, sure, you can jump through. I think some of his attacks with like a you know a charged like you fully charge your charge beam and jump, and did, you can jump through. I them. did not know that until recently, by the way. I I also didn't know that. I wouldn't say recently. I definitely knew that, but like I didn't know that the first time. And many times I played that played super metroid and that made the boss fight even more annoying because i would get hit by that every single time and once i found that out it made it game game changer game changer and uh yeah i don't think i've ever actually done like the the quick kill myself i i've done the the crate kick uh quick kill i think maybe once or twice but then i but this i want to say i think i tried doing it i just gave up (laughs) after a few times i think i've definitely done like the dragon one Maybe once or twice, but yeah, this one I haven't done. But I like watching it. I appreciate it very much. Watching speedrunners do it and, and get it like the right pattern and and make it just make it look so easy. Yeah, I I would say if you're gonna fight Dragon like the way and not use the grapple beam, he might be tougher because he just hits really hard. And if he picks you up, he just like pounds the heck out of you. But man, this this boss, I feel like for where most players are gonna be at in the game is like really really tough so and but he looks cool it's a great fight and it's very um claustrophobic like at yes, this point very small i guess room. the i guess the chorizo fight is kind of a an enclosed space too but that's kind of like a you know that's a that's a whatever fight that's mostly a tutorial fight whereas this is like this guy's he, he gonna kill you you know like um so yeah very not a lot of room to run away and, and regroup and get your bearings yeah, definitely. And he sounds like Godzilla too, which is sick. Oh, he sounds like he sounds like Godzilla, but he also kind of sounds like a dying elephant. Um, but yeah, I think we I think we talked about that. That I think uh, was a, either that cry or another cry in the game were like literally sampled by like from Godzilla mo- movies. Um, so that makes sense that they sound like Godzilla. I think it might actually be f- from Godzilla. Literally Godzilla. That ma- yeah. that makes sense. Kraid and Godzilla. Yeah, that'd be a good that'd be a good movie. Don't give me Kong versus Kraid versus Kong. Godzilla. Yeah, Kraid versus Kong. Kraid versus Godzilla. You get the triple threat yeah, for the world title. Let's go. Braun Strowman shows up. Oh All my right, God! Talk. What are we doing the wrestling podcast? I gotta talk. We gotta talk about that. We we gotta oh, start I... doing like um uh, like extra like add ons to these episodes or just like quick extras that have nothing to do with Metroid. Just real quick, just put them out. If you're a wrestling fan, hit us up over on Discord. Dak and I were talking about uh, our boy Braun no longer being uh, with the WWE. Hit, hit us up over on Discord. Stro uh, Brawman in about... the Impact Zone. What is he doing <laughs> in the Impact Zone? Oh, my God. All right, let's 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 talk about the enemies. Um, again, not a ton of enemies in here, but a few of them stick out. We talked about the ghosts already. Um, and we, we kind of talked about the... Uh, the work robots. I I will never not call them the R two D twos. They just like they just remind me of R two D two. I I kind of 
I find them a little bit charming, actually. Like, they're not really an enemy so much as an obstacle. Uh, they're, they're even advantageous to you at times, which is kind of nice. But uh, there's something just charming about these guys. Uh, even, even in Zero Mission, when you're, like, trying to blast him to get out of the way when you're doing your escape sequence, I still have love for the R2-D2s. Oh, these I I have a hate love relationship with these guys because like it's sometimes they're really annoying like the the room where like just outside Fantoon's room where they're just like in there's like one in the way and you just gotta like jump over it or like it completely kills your momentum like oh, get out of the way and then like the conveyor belt rooms where they're cool obstacles that you have to worry about and they're not just just a thing that's there for no good reason. Um, so yeah, I have a hate love relationship with these things overall in the franchise. There's a lot of rooms in like across the games where these work robots show up and, or something like them and they're in the way and they're, and they slow down the pace and you're like just standing there waiting for them to move or you're shooting them <laughs> to get them to move. So goofy. Like. Ah, they're so <laughs> annoying. But when they're part, when they're, when they're actually used well, and they're not just thrown into a room to like make you do something, um, or I don't know for loading or whatever. Like, when they're actually integrated into a room, like I said, like on the conveyor belt, like spike trap rooms, that's when I like them. That's when they're used well, and I don't mind seeing them. You know, I, I feel like I kind of like anything in Metroid that's not trying to kill me. Like, I, I just feel fair. kind of a that's kinship. Fair. Yeah, And I'm like, true. all right, you're, you're okay. But yeah, they, they just seem like they're such, like, like goofy, um, dull-witted, like, robots that just always get in your way, but, like, they don't know that you're in your way. I don't know. They seem like nice guys to me. Maybe maybe they're actually not. Um, mm -hmm. Here's another non-enemy enemy. Uh, I think you mentioned them earlier, actually. The S-Bugs. And yeah. uh, th those are, like, a really nice touch. And they really up the atmosphere um, to really kind of show you that, like, you know, you're in this derelict ship that's been here for a long time. It's decaying. It is falling apart and infested with, like, the local uh you know insects uh, i i really like them I, I think that they add a lot to to the wreck ship you know it's it's a trope that you see in in metroid all the time i think right like some kind of pretty weak or not like strong at all like small little bug or enemy that you know you know like crawls away critters away and and scurries away before you can shoot at it or sometimes you can shoot it sometimes you can't there's something that you see in Metroid all the time, these little things just kind of scurrying about, and I love it every time. I love it in, like, Metroid Prime, I love it in Fusion, I love it in this game. It just It's a little thing, a little nice little touch, a little nice little detail that makes the area more lively, makes it feel yeah. like it's, you know, actually, even though it's been sitting there wasting away, it's still being lived in, right? Like, there are still creatures that have come aboard and or found their way in and are living their lives in there doing what you know wildlife does and that includes you know not only things like the size of like a key hunter but all the way down to like small little bugs and i really like that i like that you you first enter the area and they immediately scurry away and it's like it's just a nice little touch nice little detail i love to see that and you know of course like in other metroid games you can like you have like uh in like metroid prime i forgot what they call them the small little bugs in those games where yeah They'll show up like in the tunnels. You can shoot them or run by them, or they'll just you see them like crawling over the walls and whatnot. I love that kind of stuff. You see like nature, like the places lived in, even though it's obviously been left behind in some way. And of course, that's something that's very common in Metroid: Overall is exploring a place that's been left behind by somebody 
or something, and there's there are new things that have taken its place. So that's that's one of those things. And uh, yeah, I actually love the I love the S bugs. That <laughs> when you really go back to learn the names of a lot of the enemies in Super Metroid, and you're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is what out oh, sure S bugs or S bugs. Maybe you're supposed to call these things, but it's fine. Uh, no, nobody's saying spugs. You know which one Bugs. I really loved? The the little, the spugs, if you will, um, were the ones that we covered in uh, in Sanctuary Fortress. And I forget what their names are, but like those little, I don't even think you could shoot them, but you could scan them. They were yeah. like the little bugs that you would see. They were just kind of doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know thought that those were about. really cool. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's, just, it's the little things. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the, well, I was going to say the items. Really, there's only item of the wreck ship and that is the gravity suit of course and i believe that this is uh one of the penultimate um items that you get in super metroid i think it might only be the screw attack after this so this is a pretty big deal um to get this suit looks pretty cool uh i, and I always just love the way that like super metroid and 2d metroid games in general like get you the suit and, like it's that big flash across the screen got gotta love it yeah, the so I mean I'm, I actually think the grav suit is the only item we actually get in this area, right? Like it's everything else is yes. just expansions yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean the uh, the grav the grav suit's very iconic, speaks for itself. Awesome upgrade in in any Metroid game that it's in, uh, except other M <laughs> manages to make the grav suit lame in that game. In this game, it looks cool. Obviously, I mean a necessity. It completely changes the game because all of a sudden you're able to move normally in water which you know speaks for itself i think it, it's a really good uh, addition to this area because otherwise i mean I, I wouldn't say that it adds too much depth but it definitely does make the area feel more significant because they could have easily put the grab suit in meridia so uh and, and it would have made sense to put it there too so right. uh, having it in the wreck ship makes sense because it also adds to the the lore implications of it being a Chozo ship of some kind. Like not only are there Chozo statues there and expansions and power-ups, but there are, there's, you know, the literal grav suit there, um, which might even make you think like, okay, they had that gravity suit upgrade on the ship. I wonder what this ship was, you know, kind of like, what was the crew doing, right? Like maybe they were going somewhere that they were going to some big watery planet or something like that, or they had intentions of needing the grav suit in some uh, shape or form in some kind of environment. So I don't know. That's something cool to think about. But yeah, I think the gravity suit being there has adds like kind of rounds out the area pretty well, and obviously is a really cool upgrade to get and completely changes the game. So yeah, I like I like that there's at least just one major up you know item here, considering that's a pretty small uh, you know small area. But having Fantoon and the grav suit adds you know adds a lot to what's a pretty small section of the game. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like what you just said there too. Where like, um, conventional wisdom would would have you believe that like you'd go into the water area, you have trouble kind of traversing around, and you push through to the point where you can, and eventually you fight something and you get the the gravity suit there. Uh, I mean, I think even Metroid has done that in latter games, but I, I do like that you can like explore Meridia, mm -hmm. um, albeit very. You know very clunkily very clumsily and eventually you're just like this can't be how this is supposed to go and go back and go to this wreck ship and and get the suit i always really yeah exactly like that and it, it was it was one of those moments to me again that when i was playing it for the first time i was like 
okay, so this is what Metroid is. Like, I, I don't necessarily go right away where, you know, the area that I, I haven't locked in before I go back and, and go somewhere that I haven't been before. So, I yeah, I, I really, I think that that's pretty cool. Um, well, let's talk about maybe something that's not as cool. Uh, not that it's bad, but uh, the music in here, I, I think that it is probably the weakest of the oh. game like the weakest theme of the game but i mean that's not really fair because it's Can't such a small area and, it, and it's such a particular aesthetic but i i mean it, you know it it just doesn't have the same cool vibe as like brinstar or norfair or even criteria um it's not bad but it's you know it, it kind of is what it is it's creepy it's very creepy i love the music in this area i mean for me like i don't think like not every sound and like background track you hear in a game needs to be like a theme like in a metro game needs to be a theme or like uh um energetic or exciting or sci-fi in a lot of way like i don't know i I like that there's uh range to the game soundtrack and this is a big part of that that it doesn't have like a harmony or a melody to it it's just like this like cold like thumping track with like those Mm -hmm. like deep like I don't know, not percussion, but I guess it's pretty close to it. I mean, Dumino will probably, like, um, hate me for butchering all this music stuff. Like, then you have, like, the high-pitched, like, synths that come in and whatnot. Like, it's a, I feel like it's a really classic Metroid track because it really adds to the ambiance. Like, it makes the area feel so much more unsettling, so much more creepy, especially before you beat, uh, beat Fantoon because it's everything's turned off, it's dark, and then you have this, like, scary theme and, like, it's all of a sudden, like... You get those like really stressful, like blaring Metroid sounds that play. Um, it's very like Metroid Fusion y. Obviously, this game fir- came first, but like it, that's like immediately what I think of when I play this area. I'm like, ooh, it's so creepy. And like, even as Samus, I'm like, oh, like I gotta still like, you know, keep my head on a swivel and, you know, something could, you know, hit me at any moment. I really love the music of this area. I think it's one of the best parts of the area and certainly one of the best parts of the game is like the way they did the music. It ha- it's like it's very much like sets the tone. It's not like something you're beating your head to or, you know, tapping away to or like, all right, this is a fun adventure. Or like, oh, like, all right, like this is a creepy area. This is serious. Like, I got to really watch where I'm stepping. I really like that. I absolutely love this. Uh, the music here. I would say that I am not the biggest. I mean, it's fine. But like when you turn on the ship and like they add all like the electronic sound effects of like the ship being online. It sounds like someone just like mashing a great. soundboard, so bad. Oh my god! Those like, are great. Just, someone just like randomly ooh, hitting ooh, these ooh. like like random sounds, <laughs> and I'm like it's it's so funny. Um, it, when you play it, it doesn't take away from you know the experience at all. I would say I like the unactivated music, like ship version better. Um, wow, Un- unactivated ship music version better or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I like that part better I than the when it's kind of more alive. But I still like the I like how the music shifts and they added that. They could have just had the same creepy music, or they could have just had like a, a generic like they could have played another theme from somewhere in the game to like signify it being different. But like no, they they played the same kind of tracks. It's still a creepy area even though you turn it on, but. It, they added like the sound effects to really sell you on like okay like the energy's back things have changed you made a difference in this area by taking out Fantoon and therefore things are going to be different now you got to traverse it differently so I like I like what they did here I really like the music I I think that those like noises and the static and stuff like that are, are very charming they mm-hmm. they really do make you feel like the the ship has come to life you know I I 
I didn't mean to disparage on the music here because I actually, when you play the game, the music is really like very fitting and very atmospheric. Just like, you know, for a guy like me, I listen to um, like like today, I listen to the Super Metroid Symphony at work. So I listen to a lot of Metroid music kind of out of context, just as is. And and I don't think that you could say that this is like, you know, something that stands necessarily on its own. I mean, it sounds good on its own, but like it very much works when it's like you're in the moment, you're on the ship, and you're kind of in that atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is fine. Like you said, it's a different track of uh, or it's a different kind of song. Um, so yeah, I, I don't mean to to disparage it. And I made a note of this actually when I was listening to it, the actual in-game version of this. Um, about a minute and twenty-five in, there's a synth that starts playing and it, and it kind of like reminds you a little bit of the title theme where it's like the do 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 and whatever at the at the very beginning uh which i thought was kind of like a cool little callback maybe i was just hearing things and that was only there for me but um mm-hmm. made me appreciate it more yeah gotcha I, I agree well before we move on from uh from music of course the crate battle theme makes its triumphant return here it does uh, <laughs> gotta love it i you know i if they if they ever remake Super Metroid, which I'm you know still not really convinced that they need to, but if they do, man, they gotta have like like every boss has to have its own theme song. Like you know, Dragon shouldn't have the same theme song as Ridley, and Kraid shouldn't have the same theme song as Fantoon. Uh, yeah, they need they need their own music. I don't know how I feel about this. I, I, you know, on one hand, it's like, yes, I agree if they remake the game, because I think eventually Super Metroid is going to get remade or remastered or re-released, like, whatever, um, at some point. And I think it's pretty likely that they will give everybody their own actual boss theme. And I think that's probably good. I would like to see what they would do, and, and, and I think that's a good thing. But at the same time, I kind of like that. Like, that's, I mean, that's kind of how, like, what Super Metroid was at the time. Like, all the boss themes, like, th- there were a lot of recycled themes, and it was only later that, like, Ridley's theme became what it was. So, I don't know, like, maybe preserving that is kind of part of the Super Metroid experience. Maybe not. I, I personally, I mean, it's not something that I'm really, like, going to die on, on a hill for either way, but... I would like to see new themes, but I could. I, I also see like the validity of keeping it how it was. I think it depends on really like the intent of how they're doing it, whether it's like just a remaster or fully remake and whatnot. Like again, like I'm really like I would love to see like the expansion of the actual area more so. But um, yeah, I think like they would most likely give you know or make new themes, and I'd be down for that for sure. Um, all right, well let's talk about expansions, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Um, of course, one of my favorite parts of every single Metroid game is going back, sweeping the board, and getting all of the expansions. And like we kind of mentioned at the very beginning here, this is a, an area unique in that, for the most part, you can just you know clean up shop while you're in the wrecked ship, and you mm-hmm. don't really have to come back. Um, one of, I think, the trickiest expansions in the entirety of Super Metroid, just because it it takes a while to find, and it and it is hard to find, and it's. Uh, I don't know, it's a little bit hard to do as well, is the reserve tank in uh, one of the conveyor belt rooms. Um, this one is, is fairly difficult, in it, and I feel like it challenges a lot of... Even if you're a good Metroid player, this is mm-hmm. the, kind of a hard one to pull off. So basically what you need to do, there's two R2-D2s in the room, and you need to shoot the worker bots down until they fall into a hole, and then you need to speed boost, and then you get a missile pickup. Um, but right. then... 
that's not where it ends. You actually speed boost right through there. You have to go against the conveyors and shine spark at like literally the very end of the room, uh, which is which is trickier than it sounds because if you stop too soon, then you start to move backwards on the conveyor belt. And like mm-hmm. there have been many times where when I went to go move forwards very slowly, but ended up just like losing my shine spark and, and just using it and wasting it right there. <laughs> Um, and then, so yeah, you, you have to do that. And then you shine spark all the way to the very top to get the reserve tank. The reserve tank is something that you can actually see, uh, right. long before you can actually get it. And it's one of those ones where it's like, I can see it. I just don't know where to go to actually get there. Um, so it's, it's kind of a lot of work for essentially a very useless item, but, uh, a really good, a really good expansion in the wreck ship. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, you pretty much... I think cover that pretty well. Um, I'm glad that those conveyor belt rooms have <laughs> some cool expansions to gra- grab, and they're not just like, like I think one of them, I was kind of tight when it was just like a regular missile, <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> that was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and for just this, I didn't need this. But then yeah, like you have like the reserve tank, and then there's like a super missile expansion on the other ones too. That makes it worthwhile, and it's certainly an area that you're using. Some of you know some of your more advanced tactics here, like you're using power bombs, using super missiles and whatnot. Definitely nice to be grabbing some extras while you're here. And I would say that even though there is some definitely some certain difficulty in grabbing some of these expansions, I wouldn't say like getting to them is super hard. Like they aren't out of the way very much at all. So like you can go I, into I this, you can yeah. go into this area and like like you said, you can not only like get the graphs, you can get like everything like all the expansions like everything in pretty much one fell swoop which you know again has its i think has its good qualities too like i said i'd like to see more from like a larger expanded area but i kind of like that you can kind of go in there there aren't any expansions that you might be like ah i'm not going to go and grab that that's so out of the way well i don't want to go through this huge long room blah 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 in this area you can like feasibly get all of them without ever feeling like you really went out of the way or took too long to get to them, which I think is nice because they're definitely, at least in my case, I'm certain in many other people's cases as well, that, you know, you pass up some expansions. You're just like, ah, I don't want to go get it. That's so out of the way. Or, I don't want to go all the way back there. Um, and you just don't end up getting it. So that's not the case here. Yeah. And like um, it, this, the wreck ship, like essentially gifts you two super missiles. I think there's one to the left, one to the right. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're very easy to get. Like you just, I think one of them, you literally just jump up and you get the super missile. Um, so it, and at that point, I feel like super missiles are fairly hard to come by. A lot of the super missiles in Super Metroid are kind of hidden away down in in Norfair. So it's it's pretty refreshing that you just get them. And actually, you were you were right earlier. I was mistaken. It's an energy tank in that room with all of yeah. the the water. And once you have the gravity suit, that's pretty easy too. Like there's really not a ton of challenging. Um, expansions in the wreck ship which is kind of a nice change of pace actually you know what so it, it doesn't happen in the wreck ship but it super metroid does this just a, a few times here and there in the game um which you kind of mentioned and just touched upon but sometimes when you're playing super metroid and uh you know you're you're in a room and you're just like oh man like i only have the there's only a super missile here, or there's only a missile here that felt like a lot of work for just a missile super yeah. metroid actually will like hide other items in like the actual room, which is something that other Metroid games don't do because like, you know, I think with, uh, I think starting with fusion, um, they really just had like kind of the circle on the map, which lets you know that there was an item in the room. And so with super Metroid, they didn't have that. So they, there's a few places, one in Meridia for sure, 
where they hide like a, a, a super missile like literally right behind a regular missile looking expansion so kind of neat how this game does that yeah no i agree well uh there there we go dak i feel like we have talked and dissected the wreck shit more than anyone everywhere <laughs> anywhere ever has everywhere in their lives uh so is there anything that you want to say about the wreck ship before we get out of here uh yeah so i again i think one of the things i I really like about this area is it's definitely what inspired the crashed frigate area in metroid prime which is one of my favorite areas in that game and so i really like the going back to kind of the source material the, the inspiration to it it's a really cool area, really like I think a really well designed, like compact, tight, focused area that is a, a nice change of pace for the game. It's not your huge, like expansive area that you can get lost in. It's one where it's creepy and unsettling and, and, and claustrophobic, like you were saying earlier, and that like gives you a different kind of vibe. And I, I, I love this this area, it's really cool. I've always thought of it as like more so like a I guess I don't know, like an extension of maybe Criteria or extension of Meridia rather than its own actual section. But as we, you know, went through this and, and the preparation for it, I can see that it really does out on its own merit. Like, it is its own area, and for sure. And it has a lot going on. I like the lore behind it. It looks really cool. And, yeah, I'm glad that we went back to this. Um, I guess that's all I have for the wrecked ship. I am I'm looking forward to our an episode next week because we're doing E3 predictions, yes. which is going to be... I mean, super hype, or like we said, with you know, within two weeks of E3, we'll have our E3 episode, obviously, the week after that. Um, I, I so can't let, let wait. Let me ask you a question, Dad. I can't wait. Let me, let's, let's set a little bit of rules of engagement here for E3. Okay. Because I was kind of modeling my E3 predictions around Metroid, and not necessarily what Nintendo would do or not do as a whole for the show, but how that would relate to Metroid. Do we, do we want to stick with that, or do we want to go full bore and just say, like, you know what? Nintendo's revealing a Donkey Kong game at E3. Like, let's go. Like, what would yeah. you rather do? I mean, I'm down. I'm down to do full predictions. Like, I'm. I'm my full expectations of what we're getting, Metroid or not. I mean, I think I'm. I'm my expectations are high this year, man. Like, <laughs> I'm. I'm ready to be disappointed because <laughs> I'm expecting the world of this E3. I expect to see Metroid in some way, Donkey Kong. Obviously, looking forward to seeing Halo. Uh, it's you know, I I can't wait for this. So, um, I feel like we just go full out. Let's do it. I can't yeah. wait. That is next week. Um, this has been mapping Metroid for the wrecked ship. So, uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed that, and uh, I think we're pretty open as to what the next mapping Metroid is going to be. So, if you have a suggestion, let us know. Um, but that is it. We're going to get out of here for this week. Uh, sorry again about the late episode, but uh, I hope it was worth the wait. Of course, we want you to check us out over on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe. And uh, check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Dak is at DakCity underscore. And we are at Omega Metroid Pod. That is it. We will see you guys back here next week for E3 predictions. Until then. I'm <laughs> sorry.